with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. How many are thankful today? How many have got a request in your head that you want the Lord to work on and you brought it to Him? Praise God. Praise God. Can we just close our eyes, raise our hands, and let's, let's give God those requests? Lord, we're thankful for this presence that we feel in this house today. You brought us here for a reason, God. I know, Lord, you got a word for us. Bless us, God. Hear our requests and our prayers that we've, we've prayed to you all through the week, Lord, that they're on our minds, our families, those that are lost, our loved ones, our prodigals, those that are sick and afflicted. God, in thy name, we believe you, Jesus. The seeds that we planted in people's hearts, God, let it grow, Lord, according to your will. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Verse 7 is where we want to be. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Let's say all our understanding. Shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Lord bless you. You may be seated. So good to have all our visitors with us. Good to see those Ocala people. Good to see the Billingsleys from Ocala and those of you that have come around. It makes this church a little different than others that the presence of the Lord is here. And especially in what we're going through and some things that have happened to us in the last year or so, um, I'm glad I've got a rock that I can hold on. I'm glad I've got something that I can grab that I know is true. I don't want to grab something that's fake. It's not time to grab a, a, a cheap imitation. It's not time to kind of just uh, say a little bit and feel a little bit and go home and call it, call it good. Um, if you feel the way I feel, and it's okay if you don't, but I want as much God as I can get. I, I, need, his, I need His touch every day. I need to sing the songs and worship every day. I need to know deep in my heart that He's for us and that His love endures, like we sang. And to know that when I need peace of God, it's different than having just plain peace. You can sign a little paper and shake somebody's hand and say, yeah, let's peace. But that kind of peace fades away. I need the peace that God has. Amen. We need God to pick us up and to hold us and say everything's going to be all right. I, I don't know who that's for today, but I'm here to tell you that God's going to pick us up somehow, some way. I can't explain it, but I know that I've been picked up before. Have you been picked up before? Has God not only reached down and settled everything in your life and given you a new start? He said everything's going to be all right. Sometimes you can, I just talk about my personal experiences. Is I beat myself up all the time saying, oh, Raj, it's your fault. You can do this. You should have done that. And you, you, It's easy to drag yourself off of the top of the roof and drag yourself through the mud and, and you know, throw myself into a pit, beat myself once in a while up all the time. How many do that? I know I'm messed up up here. <laughs> 
But God's here to straighten it all out. I'm so glad that I know that I trust in his word and I, I, I follow after what he wants. And if you are struggling today with something that you've been wrestling with, something that just keeps you up at night, something that just uh, uh, doesn't fit right, some, somewhere somebody maybe have cheated you somehow, and you've just got this thing that you just can't shake, God's here to take care of that for you today. 1958 was a good year. My wife was born then. A fellow by the name of Moisey Lister. How many ever heard of him? Well, you have. I'll tell you that you have. He's written over 280 gospel songs. Ah, that guy, yeah. He wrote songs like, how long has it been? How many knows that song? Since you've talked to the Lord. Blow your trumpet, Gabriel. Blow your trumpet, blow. Come, Gabriel, blow your horn. Let the whole world know. Where were you people? Man, we sang that at youth camp and tore the place up. Blow your trumpet loud. Blow your trumpet out. The whole world's going to shake from the ocean to the sky. Okay. One more. Goodbye, world, goodbye. Mosey Lister. Awesome guy. You know, God gives people gifts, and they he listen to God, and he just... Just moves on their heart and they just start writing stuff down. If God's given you a gift like that, don't cut us short. We want to worship with you. <sighs> I didn't know what to title this message, <clears throat> but then yesterday, <clears throat> God just swung in and just just kind of wiped me out yesterday afternoon. And that's all I could sing is till the storm passes by. How many's ever heard that? Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of your hand. Keep me safe. Till the storm passes by. Mosey Lister, 1958. I don't know how to start this, but I named it Till the Storm Passes By. I, I, I don't want to get political, but I'm, I'm here to, we're heading into a storm. Huh. I thought of calling this storm watch. No. A watch was in your in the weather is when you have a specific condition of the weather where things are possible. 
we're familiar with Hurricane Watch. Hurricanes, storms. Let me tell you this, storms really never last. You just go through them and they're over with. Am I getting to you today? A warning is where there's inclement weather is coming. It's heading your way. So they warn you of the hurricane. They warn you of the, the thunderstorm or whatever is happening. But we're heading into a storm. My, uh, the election really didn't turn out what I expected after the recounts and all the courts. This is an evil, deep state that we have. I've never thought that this evil was this bad, but it's pretty bad. I mean, it's really bad. And it's not just in Washington, it's worldwide. And it's not just happening to us, it's happening to other people. China, it's happening you know, there are over 300 million Chinese Christians in the underground church. It's all about money. They don't care about human life. They don't care about children. They don't care about any of that stuff. All they want to do is make money. They've canceled Dr. Seuss and they've kept Dr. Fauci. And they've got rid of Pepe Le Pew. They've pulled down our statues of our forefathers. They've gotten us back involved in the military in Syria. They have a priority of fitting battlefield fatigues. This is the military's priority. Fitting battlefield fatigues for pregnant soldiers. What? While China builds its economy and its military... And they look at us and they laugh. And we just got our hat handed to us at a meeting in Anchorage. And our so-called administer stumbles going up to the plane. Oh, that'll be okay. There's a storm coming. Come on, Raj. I'm not a gloom and doom guy. I'm really not. But I'll tell you that it's not what I thought it was going to be a few months ago. It's changed that quickly. It's duly noted that there's a storm coming. Let's go to Mark, the fourth chapter, <clears throat> verses 35 through 41. How many are glad they're in the church? How many want to stay in the church? Ha! How many have your prayer life has improved in the last six months or a year? You can feel it in this house, can't you? You know how easy it is now to just talk back and worship the Lord and just throw things away. When you take your mind off of all the stuff that bothers you and you just concentrate on Jesus Christ, he'll meet you, he'll fill you up, he'll take care of things. I'm glad I'm worshiping a living king. <laughs> I'm glad I'm worshiping the prince of peace. Not just peace, he's the prince of peace. <laughs> Mark 4, 35 through 41. And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. That's a key statement. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. That's also a key point. How many has ever 
gotten blessings from other people just because you're there. Guilt by association. That's why I want to come to church all the time. That's why nobody can keep me out of the presence of God. Even though there's really nothing going on, I still want to get some spillover from people that have, that have, that have intercessed and, and that have developed things and that have uh, uh, listened to God and doing things. You still spill things over because you're standing next to somebody that's just hot and ready for revival. And, and you know what? That's a good feeling. You may not be there, but you know what? Get close to somebody that you know that can happen, that can worship the Lord and praise His name because you'll get a little bit of spillover. You're telling me that these little ships that went out with them didn't experience what they did? I believe they did. I believe they got up and they saw what happened. <laughs> so don't cut yourself short. Don't get distracted and say, oh, well, it's just not for me to go today. It is for you to go today. Even if you come all your way just to hear one song, it's good for you to be here. Verse 37. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Now, here's another thing back to the boats. Other people saw that it was going to be a nice trip across the Sea of Galilee. Otherwise, they wouldn't have went. Now you get the picture. Then there arose a storm so that the boat was full. <laughs> there wasn't just a little bit of splash over. It was pretty bad. And verse 38, he was in the hinder parts of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they wake him and they say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He arose and he rebuked the wind. He said to the sea, peace be still. Mm. I don't think that was just a little normal voice tone. I think when he said that, it echoed everywhere. Calm down. Behave yourself. <laughs> and the wind ceased. There was a great calm. He said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? This is who you got a hold of today. The master of the wind, the sea. I think Jesus knew that this storm was coming. And, you know, sometimes we cause our own storms. We do back to the self-inflicted thing again, Ross. Yeah. We, we mess up and we cause our own storms in our life. And I think either you're either going into a storm, you're either in a storm, or you're either coming out of a storm. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't fit into that. Because that's the way life is. Sometimes we're just one text message away. One phone call away. One email away. From a storm in our lives. Sometimes we have storms because other people get us into storms. 
because you hang with the wrong crowd. Because you listen to the wrong thing. Because we think that we know what's best for ourselves, but it's usually wrapped around our selfish desires and our agenda is not God's. And we end up in a storm. Or, uh, or we get our little stimulus check and buy something we shouldn't buy. Get ourselves in a financial storm. Because why? Because we, we don't know what's in front of us. We don't know what's coming. These guys were in these boats were experienced fishermen. Experienced. They knew what to do. But these guys were scared to death because the boat was filling up with water. So, Raj, how do you sail through this storm? Well, first of all, I talked to some Navy people, some people that have experienced in boats and Coast Guard or whatever. You have to decide when the storm's coming whether or not you're going to fight it out in the port or you're going to just take off and go out after the storm. You have a better chance at the storm than you do letting the storm pound your boat up against the dock forever. If there's one thing that I've learned in the last few years is when you go out and you go fishing and you go out into the deep waters, that's where you catch all the big fish. You don't settle for things along the shoreline. You don't, you don't get something good and deep with God dangling your feet up on the seashore. When you, get, when you go out and, and chase after God and you have your faith exercised, you go out into places that you've never been before, spiritually speaking, when you go in your prayer closet, in your prayer room time and time again that you never have before, you don't know what's going to happen, but you still have that faith in God. Because there's one thing that we have that others don't, is we have the King of Kings on our boat. We've got the Prince of Peace on our boat. And if there's one thing that you've got to check off and make sure today, I've got Jesus in my life. You don't have him in your life, today's the day to do it. If you got just a little bit of Jesus, you've got to know that there's a big one there. And there's nothing like the present to exercise that. Yeah. So I've got to decide to leave the port. First of all, in some things that we teach and preach about, we talk about physical stuff first. And then apply it to our lives spiritually. Kind of how I look at things. Makes it easier to understand. So when I take off and I leave the port, because I've experienced things, simple things in life that it's, it's easier in deep water. doesn't make a lot of sense because it's dangerous out there, Raj. Watch your step. I didn't learn to swim in three feet of water. I learned to swim in the deep end. Because you know why? Whoa. You got to learn. Or you learn to crawl on the bottom of the pool. Done that too. That's the only way. 
you can't learn to swim and go to swimming lessons on the side of the pool. Oh, we're swimming. You got to get out there. Now you've really got to put what you've learned into motion. And and when I, I learned to paddle, when to swim is when I learned to just jump up on the water. Kind of strange. But you can't swim like this. You got to swim like that. Anyway, so much for swimming lessons. So we've got to let the shoreline go. This day and age we live in, this time, it's not good to hold on to the shoreline and say everything's just going to be like it used to be. Used to be's over with. Last year's over with. That lifestyle and society is over with. It can't come back. You understand that? It can't come back. It's all different now. And the only thing that I know that lasts forever is Jesus Christ. The only thing that I'm going to soothe my soul and get peace of God is when I get more of God. It doesn't matter what they choose to do in Washington. It doesn't matter what happens. I've got to make my mind up that I can't live on the shoreline. I've got to go out of the deep. The deep things of God. Out there where your boat could sink. Out there where a big fish could chew you up. But it's out there when you get the glorious presence of God. You get revelation of God and you get the help that you need. And you get miracles, signs, and wonders. Not holding on to a dock that's a man-made thing that says, oh, that's just church. Let's just go to church and let's just have. There's no just church and just have church. It's you either got to dig down and go with God or you got to stay on the shore and fight it out. I want to be on the boat with Jesus. I want to go right at this storm. Because why? Storms never last. Because why? I've got the Prince of Peace with me. Bring it on. Yeah. Another point that the the nautical guys talk about of surviving a storm is you got to put your best helmsman on the rudder. You got to put the best guy that's the strongest that knows how to keep things straight. That's you. Another thing we need to understand is we are captain of our own little boat. There's no it's a family thing, yeah, but you know what? You each have your own little boat. And how you, how you uh, navigate your boat in life sea and stormy sea is all up to you. And the best thing that you can ever do is get Jesus on your side. The other thing is to do is to keep praying because prayer, 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 prayer powers your boat. You don't pray, you don't move. You got to pray. You got to go after it. You got to pray like you never prayed before. Why? Because we're heading into a storm. You got the idea today. God, you're really crazy. <sighs> yeah, I know, but until the storm passes by, keep me safe, Lord. We may not know what to do, but I know how to pray. We may not know where to go, but I know where the church is. 
It may not be time for Sunday morning service, but you know what? These doors can be open anytime. There's so much going on here. You welcome anytime. If you think that your prayer is better here at this altar, then bring it to this altar. But you've got to understand your captain of your own little boat. Yeah. Put your best helmsman on the rudder. Mark 4 that we read about, you may have to paddle a little bit. Keep your speed up. Again, physical. Again, apply it spiritually. Get your speed up. Because why? It's going to blow. The winds are coming. When I lived in St. Paul, Minnesota, Lord, thank you, Jesus, forever. <laughs> Boy, it was cold. Had to get to work. Storms, winter storm. thing about St. Paul is it's on a hill. Some of the streets are. And you never know how bad the storm is until you get to the edge of that building and you turn and you get, you get a face full of it. And the only way to walk up that sidewalk is you have to kind of lean a little bit into the storm, don't you? Me's ever been there. You don't go like this. It'll blow you over. You lean into the storm. You know what you do? You keep leaning on those everlasting arms. You lean into the fight. You, 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 you have everything in your mind that's made up that you, nobody's going to move you, but you're going to lean into this storm instead of run and hide. You don't hide from it. You lean into it. Why? Because you've got a destination to go to. So I want to make heaven my home. I've got a destination that I've got to get to, and you know what? God's going to help you. But sometimes you've just got to lean into this storm, and you've got to keep pouring more of your life into that. You've got to put more of your weight into this wind. He won't let you fall. You ever got your out of balance when you're running and you lean too far forward and your feet can't catch up with you? And, it's, and then you face plant in the gravel. <laughs> and you come home and you're all scraped all over. What happened to you? Oh, I'm out jogging. Lean into the storm. Lean into your storm. There was a fellow when I grew up. His name was Ron Popeil. You ever heard of him? I'm telling on myself again. Where are you people been? Ron Popeil was a big television guy. Sold all the kind of stuff. The pocket fisherman, I think, was a first. He made out billions of dollars off of this. And then he had this cooking machine, some kind of a thing, that a rotisserie, you put the thing in, and his famous line was, just shed it and forget it. Now you remember him? I'm way off, aren't I? That's a phrase that you don't apply to church. That's a phrase you do not apply to your living with God. 
That's a phrase that doesn't fit in the kingdom of God. Oh, just set it and forget it. God will take care of it all. Let's just go have fun and party. You don't do that with God. You don't do that when you're heading into a storm. The naval, they, they don't do that. There's always something going on in the ship. Why? Because it's an emergency situation. It's general quarters. We're not being attacked, but you know there's a storm coming. I don't want to take my hand off the rudder for a minute. I don't want to keep my eyes on something else. I'm facing the storm. I can't just set it and forget it with God. You can't do that with God. Even next week, it's more important. Why? It's all different next week. There's no setting and forgetting. So don't just set it and forget it. The other point about sailing through a storm is you don't want to make any sudden changes in your direction. You're going this way, right at the storm, right at the waves. You don't want to turn to the left. You don't want to turn to the right. Why? Because when you move your vessel and you put it port side or broadside, the the wave just rolls your boat over. That's why you have to face this head on. That's why the things in your life that bother you so much and you're wrestling with, you got to face it head on. Face your fears and your storms head on and hold on to God. Prayer will power your boat and you'll get through it. Keep your eyes on Jesus, Peter, and you'll make it. But when I look around, I get fearful. I understand that. That's why he woke up. He stilled the storm. And he said, where's your faith? We try to do things our way all the time. We try to answer things that are spiritual with carnal things. It doesn't work. I want, I need a spiritual answer in my life. I need a miracle. I need something to help me get through this storm. And I'm going to go approach it with a man-made object. Approach it with the spiritual realm. That means get more of God in your life. Make sense? In Charleston, South Carolina, we were there a couple years ago. <clears throat> They had a good, a good uh, family vacation type of thing. And uh, we took a, a carriage ride through the historic streets of Charleston. There are some homes that were built there that were uh, some of the oldest homes in America, period. Close to this fort here in uh, uh, St. Augustine. But um, one of the, the, the guides had mentioned that the streets down these sections of this historic part are cobblestones from other countries in Europe. How in the world did they get over here? Here's how. When they had their ships come over, they filled the bottom and balanced their boat out with these cobblestones as ballast to help them go through and travel. So when they got over here to their destination, they wanted to fill up with other cargo. There was no sense in having all of that more extra weight because they had made their destination. So they take these cobblestones out and they pile them all up. So over the years, they didn't know what to do with them, so they just made streets. 
So they have cobblestones from Italy and from England and from Ireland, all of that in the cities of uh, Charleston, South Carolina. The important thing is that they use that to put in their boat to balance it out. So when the storms came through, they were sailing of a good vessel. wasn't going to sink. So you have to have something in your vessel that keeps you balanced and seaworthy. The more you have of God on your vessel, the better your vessel is going to go through the storm. I can't have two or three little cobblestones and expect to make it. But if I balance it out with more of God, I'm going to sit better. And I'm going to go through these waves better. Why? Because I've got more of him on here and not more of me. So you have to have faith in who you have on your boat. You have to have faith in your relationship with God. You don't have a relationship, you're in trouble. You don't have a relationship, he can't help you. He's sleeping. You don't even know who he is. Uh, somebody named Jesus we picked up. He's going to place to sleep. We put him in the, when there's a storm going on. You have the master there. Huh. And the devil will tell you in your life that you've got no chance. There's no hope for you. Just keep accepting the checks and just keep doing the best you can on the carnal side. When all you need to do is understand that God's here, he's for you, that God loves you, that God's going to see you through, that you got to wake him up out of the bottom of the boat and say, Lord, I need your help. Yes, you care that we perish. Yeah. Yes, we care. This evil state, they, they really hate the churches. And please don't think that I'm mixing politics in here, but I just got to tell you a little bit of the current events because it fits. Some of these states still haven't opened the churches all the way up. Oh, you can go to church, but you can't sing. You can go to church, but only 25% of you, you still have to, you know, have social the social distancing doesn't work in the kingdom of God. I, I I don't fear you, but sometimes I need a hug. Sometimes I need a little more than a handshake. Why, Rod? Because you don't know the storm that I'm going through. You really don't. And this deep state hates the churches. They know that the more you have of God centrally in your life, the better you're going to sail through everything. And they can't control you. Why? Because you've chosen to be controlled by God. No matter what comes your way, you have to choose to be controlled by God. So don't fight them. They hate religion. Satan can't deal with a God-centered life that is balanced, that is full of praise and worship. That's why this church is so awesome. It's just the worship. 
It's more that it's the presence of God. It's the worship. It's the prayer. It's everything that's going on. That's why we keep it going. We just keep throwing logs on that fire of revival. Because why? It's just going to blaze up one day. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. This month is good. Next month's going to be better. Revival's going to come. It's going to happen. You know what? Just give it time. I want stuff that's cooked really, really, really slow. Don't want fast food. Don't want fast stuff with a pool, with with uh, 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 <clears throat> what am I trying to say? Don't want fast stuff with spiritual things either. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes a lot of experience to get there. China does fear the Christian churches. I mentioned before that there's 300 plus million. It was asked why they fear Christians so much. It's because they love life. It's because they love each other. And it's because they're controlled by another power other than the communist China party. They can't control the Christians. That's why they hate them so much. They can't control the churches. That's why they hate them so much. That's why we are blessed that we still have what we have, that we still have the abundance that we have. So there's no more ducking this issue. You've got to get Jesus on your boat, don't you? You've got to get him into your life. You've got to get him into your situation. So you just don't want to leave him on your boat. When he's helpful there for him, I've got to have a relationship that will make him. Verse 38 again of chapter 4, and he was in the hinder parts of the ship asleep on a pillow. They woke him up and they said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He arose and rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Another old song that we talk about, I've anchored in Jesus, says, He is my friend and Savior, Him my anchors cast, drives away my sorrow. You guys sing this a song through the day at work? And shields me from the blast. By faith I'm looking upward beyond life's troubled sea. There I behold a heaven prepared for me. Oh, I've anchored in Jesus. Storms of life I'll brave. <sighs> Jesus said, peace be still. Yeah, it's important. It's important what he said, isn't it? But I think it's more important, listen to me, it's more important where he said it from. What? Yeah. In the midst of a storm, with all of this going on, with all the disciples screaming at the bottom of the lungs, help me, Jesus, all the other ships, who knows what's going on, this storm going on, the water's coming in, they said the boat's almost filled up and we're about to sink, really? With all of that, don't you think it would be easier for us to just join them? Let's jump over, save yourselves. No, right in the midst of all of this stuff going on, he's the one that says, peace be still. Settle it all down. Yeah, 
He said the words, but look where he said it from. Musicians, if you'd come, please. <coughs> Us preachers are always, I'm not always, we, we look for confirmations in what God's working with us on all the time, don't we? I'm telling you secrets, okay. There's always something cooking in our mind. It's like a big four-burner stove. You've always got something on burner one and four, something cooking. You're making soup here. You're frying eggs there. You write this down. You think, I mean, I got all kinds of stuff written. I got notes that I never even used yet. Piles of stuff. So you're always looking for some kind of a excess confirmation somewhere from somebody else thinking something. A song. In the midst of the storm, a song. Tuesday night we had grow groups. Sister Pearl had no idea. She kind of just threw a bunch of stuff at me. And I told I said it to myself, I said, Lord, I know you've got this, I got this word today, this this thing for Sunday. Because what she was talking about on a grow group meeting was people need to hear a peaceful word from God's people. You hearing me? We don't need to spout fear. We don't need to be with the other disciples jumping up and down, screaming, and, hey, save yourselves, you know. We need something that God's given us from peace. And you can't speak peace if you haven't any. You can't settle people down if you're scared yourself. So this is why when you come to church and when you build a relationship with God and, and, and things happen in here, it's not just for you. Yeah, it's you. Yeah, it's a ministry. Yeah, it's you, but it's for some other people. That's how the kingdom works. It goes through us to others. So who am I to just get it and keep it? I, I can't. If God's given you a peaceful word and something somewhere, it's up to us and for uh, our responsibility to spread it out to others. And tell me who. You see him constantly now are afraid and scared to death of what's going on. It's easy to talk about at work in a minute. Why? It's because they don't have God. They're out there in their boat all by themselves. And they're trying their best to run through this storm, and they can't. They're not making it. You've got the peace of God that passes all understanding. So it is as important what we say to the people that are lost today. They are looking for a peace in the word from God about their situation. Acts 27, and I'm closing here if you'd like to stand. <clears throat> Acts 27, 18 through 25. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lighted the ship. The third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Like, crazy some things you don't throw out that God's given you 
Some things you don't toss away that God has blessed your life with. Some things you don't count off and say, oh, it's nothing. It's something. God's touched you. God's blessed you. God's kept you. You keep that on your ship. This chapter of book of Acts is something that the whole chapter is about this shipwreck. Look in the things of see what not to do. And we neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and there was no small tempest that laid on us all hope. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Oh, it doesn't get any worse. Verse 21, but after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. They were thought they were taking a shortcut and going 50 miles up here. Problem is they ran into a storm and ended 600 miles the other way. Because they let the storm just throw them everywhere. Bible says they cut the rudder bands, they, they, they threw all the tackling off, and they just let the storm throw them all over the place. The devil wants to do that to every Christian he runs into because he wants to prove that your God isn't strong enough. But I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter how rough it gets. He's on my boat. I'm steady. I've got the rudder going. I'm not turning to the right or the left. I'm believing in God. I'm keeping my eyes on Him, and we're going through it. You should have stayed. You haven't gained no, the harm and loss. Verse 22, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer. What are you talking about? It's a storm. Be of good cheer. Where's the storm? Is we going to lose our lives, everybody? For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Here you go. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and who I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. In the middle of the storm, there's a word. This is why you need to come to church. This is why you need to come and pray. This is why you need to develop more relationship with God. Because in the middle of your storm, God's going to give you a word. It may come through a message. It may come through a song from somebody in 1958. But you know what? He's going to keep me through the storm. He's going to steal my boat. He's going to keep me on the straight and narrow and give me strength. Give me a piece of God in my mind that is not going to fall apart. Ah. Yeah, Paul got a word from the Lord during the storm, but it wasn't over in reality. He had to go through the shipwreck. He had to cling to a piece of the ship and make it to land. But he had a word and he had some peace 
that passes all understanding in the midst of the storm. Experience is one thing. A word from God is another. You're going through something today. This altar is open if you want to come and pray. You want to get closer to God and get more, more stones on your boat, more balance in your life. A good helmsman at the rudder. He'll help you get through the storm. Last scripture, Psalm, Philippians 4, 13. We quote this all the time. It's written all over the place. It's on your refrigerator magnet at home. It's written on people's pants leg when they're in the boxing ring. It's written all over. They have tattoos of Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. But do you know where that came from? Oh, yeah, Paul wrote that. He was on death row in the midst of of a prison. He had been through all kinds of things in his life. He'd been through many shipwrecks. He'd been through many storms and left in the deep. He'd been stoned. He'd been all kinds of things, Corinthians tells us. And he's been through Acts 27. He finally gets into prison and he's going to get his head cut off the next day. And he says, I can do all things through Christ. All through those experiences, he's there for you. From the death row. It just doesn't, you understand, it just doesn't come easy. It comes through life, all these things. But God's here to help us get through it and to understand that we're not throwing in the towel and saying, Lord, I'm done. Never done. That's too easy. He's made it so we could go through this storm. Let's sing our song, can we? yourself short. God's here to lead you through it.
Oh, isn't he that to you today? Isn't he your way maker?